millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I can lick it. I can ride it while you're slipping and sliding. No. No, I don't know. I know. I can do all those little tricks and keep the dick up inside it. Iconic. You can smack it. You can grip it. You can go down and kiss it. No, I don't know the words. But every time he leave me alone, he always tell me he miss it. How does the chorus go? He want that F. R. E. A. K. No? No. <sighs> Am I a Nikki fan? Pull up in the Sri Lanka. <laughs> That was iconic. That's you know that the person who that that's Wendy, I, Dr. Wendy from. Um, I knew it was on that show, but was that she who said it? Well, she was on the Wendy Williams show with right a guest host, right, doing an interview, right. And he asked, "Do you?" Because Nicki Minaj hosted one part of the Potomac reunion, right? Um, and he said, "You know, were you a Nicki fan before this?" And she goes, "Am I a Nicki fan?" Pull up in Sri Lanka. I mean, I've only seen those two it's lines. Deeply iconic. It is deeply iconic. Absolute meme. One might say iconic. I know that is. Iconic. Anyway, hey, welcome to what the fuck is happening in the podcast. Oh I'm yeah, Nick. hello, I'm Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Nick. The elephant in the room this week is that Maddie's back from holiday. I am. It feels A like it was forever ago. Tell us how it was. What did you get up to? Oh, it was. So nice. I didn't get up to anything. I ate a lot of food, did a lot of swimming. Unfortunately, no, not unfortunately, I made a lot of friends as well. I spoke to a lot of people. Interesting. And they were all lucky that they were very interesting people. Otherwise, I would have been mad about having to speak to so many strangers. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, How many meals did you eat alone? I would say a solid 90 to 95%. (laughs) I thought you were going to say 90 meals. I was like, Jesus, it was 10 days. No, Um, maybe 90%. Maybe 80. No, probably 90. Well, where did you eat? Did you eat at the restaurant for every meal? Pretty much. I mean, aside from the days where I ventured out from the hotel, but that was only two of my... Ten. Ten. Eleven days, technically, but then what? there was one day of travel either side. Did you have to pay for every meal? Or did you, Not was breakfast. Like some of it included? Breakfast was included. And then was it one restaurant that you had to go to every day? Yeah. I mean, unless I wanted to leave the hotel, but it was really reasonably priced and the food was really nice, so why would I? Did you just eat else? the same thing? Every day? No, they had a bunch of vegetarian options. You're telling me you tried a different dish every day? Not a different dish every single day, but I didn't eat the same food for lunch and dinner every single day. I had a different meal. Sounds fake. There was like, I don't know, there was probably like maybe six or seven different meals that I rotated through. Um, <laughs> speaking of food. That's uh, such um, a specific line of questioning. Speaking of food, <laughs> we went to the movies before this. And it's we one did. of those like gold classy movies. Yes. Uh, cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um, the pizza mm. is really yummy. Mm-hmm. But there was way too much cheese. <laughs> there was a lot of cheese. I truly felt sick because of the cheese. It was intense. And I'm not going to lie, my pizza was a little bland, but they did, I feel like, also make it in a rush. So. And also it was mushroom. <laughs> yeah, and? And every time I get mushroom pizza, I have to add, like, 
three tablespoons of chili flakes. Is this not universal? No, that's not universal. I fucking hate chili, just as an aside. <laughs> chili flakes but they they have um they put a caramelized onion on there, but that wasn't enough today, so it was a bit bland. <sighs> Should ask for a refund. You know, they did actually offer me one, considering the whole it didn't come, I had to go ask for it situation. But I was like, no, I just would still like my pizza. (laughs) Anyway, you have like half an hour to guess what movie we saw today. Yes. And what movie we saw yesterday. Yes. Okay. And then we'll review them. I hardly remember. Surprise. (laughs) They're currently both out in cinema. (laughs) But in the meantime, we have so much pop culture news to catch up on because yeah, we've been away been for fucking minute. five years. Um, I would like to say, though, that the reason we missed last week was not because of me. That was because of Nicholas. Was it? Yes, because we recorded one and then we had a pre-recorded one and then I came back on Friday night and you were babysitting your dog on the weekend and we didn't record. Yeah, but we weren't here. We didn't have access to the recording studio. We could have. I couldn't have. I couldn't have gotten here. That's what I'm saying. It was your fault because you were babysitting a dog. It's not my fault. Well, it certainly wasn't my fault. We literally came to the Sunshine Coast. We could have recorded. <laughs> I said, But do when you, you said you want to record, I said, not really. What about you? And you said, yeah, I'm good with that. So this blame <laughs> yeah. is meant to be shared. <laughs> Just another example of a cis straight white woman blaming the LGBT community for their problems. I absolutely would still say it was your fault, but... You're telling me... Yes. If our roles were reversed, you would have brought Nigel and Jack all the way to the Sunshine Coast to record? I said, do you want to do a Zoom session? I also... They're harder to edit and harder to do and... I also didn't say that it was unreasonable... Why we didn't do it? I you just had an said accusatory tone. Yeah, because it was you your fault. You may as well have said Jacques. <laughs> well, it felt like we were blaming me for missing last week, and I just wanted to make the record. Really I didn't clear. accuse you of anything. Well, you had an accusatory. I did tone. not. <laughs> I did the absolute buffoonery that you are displaying right now. Me? In inconsolable. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know my favourite piece of pop culture news from the past couple of weeks? Uh, go. Um, so Taylor Lawton is getting married. Oh. Do you not know this? No. Okay. Um, and his, his fiancé's name is Taylor as well. Jeez, uh, he really has a thing for that, doesn't he? Taylor Dome. This is them. Is that, is that a joke? Are you... Read that out. Read it out. This is a visual, uh, an audio medium. I'm sorry. I was just taking it in. Taylor Lautner Lautner. Lautner confirms fiancé Taylor Dome will be taking his last name when they get married. <laughs> I They must, like... That's deeply iconic. It is deeply... Taylor Lautner married to Taylor Lautner. Now when they say, like at the reception, please, please know, welcome I for the first just... time, Mr. and Mrs. Taylor Lautner. It's going to be literal. It's not sexist because no. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think I are either they're kidding, they're making a joke, or everyone in their lives actually calls them something different. So, hey. yeah, like everyone all knows that that's not what they're both referred to. You should just as. call him Jacob. I mean, that's a viable alternative, definitely. T. That's so weird that he's dated. Would you? If I had a penny for every time Taylor Lautner. Oh, he did it to Taylor Swift. 
has dated that movie. a girl named Taylor. Have I'd have two, two pennies, pen. which isn't a lot. But it's, <laughs> it's weird that, that it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I went through that Speaking whole of thing. Speaking of Phineas and Ferb, that's a Phineas and Ferb quote. Yes. 15 year anniversary of the pilot was the other day. Whack. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Feel old yet? Yeah. I do. You already felt old. It's your birthday tomorrow. I know. And also, after we had that discussion last night about going to Cinnabar for Cinnabar? Hex. She's saying we've known each other for six years, so four more years and we've got a 10 year. Exactly. That's more than halfway to a decade. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're seven years this year, actually. Because Jasmine. I don't really know. And I don't really care to do math. Me either. Anyway. Okay. Um, what else? What else? I have so much that it's like kind of hard to like yeah. comprehend what All right, well, touch uh, on. Just like have you, go in alphabetical. No, I don't. I was without internet for two weeks. Oh, except when I came back, I was shocked and devastated to find that Olivia Newton-John had died. Oh, yeah, that was R.I.P. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> it was very sad. So I'm just laughing at the way Nick said, yeah, R.I.P. I I mean, how would you say it? You do a little prayer? (laughs) No, don't do that. I say a little prayer for you. We're not laughing at her. No, we're definitely not. She was a cultural icon. She was. And someone who did genuine good for the world with her her fame and wealth. And I also feel like she was really quite young. She was only in her 70s, right? Early 70s. Oh, I was going to say 65 or something. Oh, my God. Wow. That's even worse. Yeah. So that's devastating. Speaking of devastating things. Oh, God. Any day now we're going to be crossing population-wise 8 billion. Really? Yeah. Already? Yep. Wow. Any day now. Like literally in the next couple of weeks it could be. <sighs> so my question for you. That makes me feel a bit sick. Is how can we population control? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what's that called? Eugenics? Yeah. Euthanasia? No, Should we eugenics. just start killing everyone over the age of like. 40. Okay, well, I just want you to know that we are more than halfway towards 40. <laughs> Laura to fucking 26. <laughs> I don't care. I. Speaking of like question. eugenics and shit and like fucking with that, you know that the Hemsworth brothers just uh, invested in a. Yeah, um, to bring back the Tasmanian devil. Tasmanian devil, but make it Jurassic Park. Yeah, no. They're, like using stem cells and shit to bring them back from the dead. It does seem I mean, I a think little bit like they can cause as much havoc as dinosaurs. Would you go to a real life Jurassic Park? I would. Well, I would really want to. I mean, normal zoos are scary enough for me. Oh, I don't go to zoos. I get really upset about the animals being in captivity, even though, like, objectively, I know that they're actually safe there, and zoos have to like have people come so they can take care and of the other animals. But I don't like looking at it, so I just don't go. So I'd feel a bit bad about the dinosaurs. And I'd also have like Jurassic Park theme playing in my head the whole time. I'd be scared I was going to get munched. <laughs> Last time I heard you enjoyed being munched. Not to death. Munch, munch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> um, I don't like zoos for a different reason. Yes, I feel bad for the animals, but mostly I'm just scared of the animals. Mm, you're telling it's like me the monkey last night. You're keeping snakes and chimpanzees together and other animals that have the ability like dinosaurs. To attack? I'd be okay if a dinosaur had killed me because it's like quick. I thought you were going to say because it's like cool. At least it's a unique <laughs> death. <laughs> There's an SNL sketch about, uh, I think it's Donald Glover is the guest, um, and, and it's about a lawyer who's who's representing Jurassic Park. 
Interesting. In a case, a class action case uh, of all the guests that died there. That's pretty iconic. It's so funny. I'll link it below. Let me make, make a note. Okay. Um, yeah, I would totally go. Because, like, especially if you like, do escape and you die, mm. it's just, like, chomp. Done. I think there were probably... <laughs> You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were probably some other rather more gruesome kinds of deaths. By, by, by in di- dinosaurs. In dinosaur movies. Name one dinosaur that doesn't just... Um, what about those bird things that stole that British nanny and she flew up in the air and then she drowned and then they went, swooped in and grabbed her and then she got eaten by the, the big mosasaur? Well, that was one out of 100,000 guests. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people got eaten by those birds. But not but in that way. Maybe they did. I, I think stay away from the water exhibits. Pretty, yeah, and the T-Rexes. I think the no, meat T-Rex eaters. No, T-Rex be fine. I think you should stay away from the meat eaters. Although, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the vegans jumping out. I was going to say, some of the herbisaurs, what are they actually called? Herbivores. Herbivores. <laughs> I think they also, like the triceratops with its big, gigantic, pointy horns. Yeah. They're fine. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. Is that long-nailed one from the latest Jurassic Park? Oh, my Park? God. That, that was a herbivore, isn't that it? That was. Yes. Work. Horrific. Absolute I, slay. As Dad and I were watching the prehistoric planet, over the past little while. The whole time I kept waiting for that thing to come on, but it didn't. I had to just sit quietly, hoping, praying, waiting. I was disappointed. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> so moral of the story. Genetics, don't mess with them. <laughs> or do, and charge a hefty fee to visit the exhibits. Yeah, I think it's an interesting... Do you think Disney World actually has Walt Disney's head like frozen in their basement? No. I reckon they do. Why? Well, what purpose would it serve? Because he was a fucking billionaire and he wants to be brought back one day. But why would they? And be- everyone's like, if they bring him back from the dead in like 30 years, he's going to be shook by the fact that women and people of color have rights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Ugh, look, is it possible that he is like in a some type of cryostasis somewhere? I guess, potentially. Is he in the Disney basement? No. Why would he be there? Because he could build the infrastructure there to house such a laboratory. Okay, I think we're thinking of two different things. I was just thinking of like a dark, dank basement and his head oh. is just like sitting on a shelf. I'm Whereas thinking you're state of like, art facility. Yeah, you're thinking of like a full underground. I'm thinking Futurama. Yeah, like a laboratory. Okay, well then that's – yes, that's possible. Um, the <laughs> – I what a, 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 an episode of This American Life I think mm. talked about uh, cryo chambers and like freezing dead bodies right. to be brought back in the future and um, there are companies that do it. Yeah, I feel like that was a big um, thing like ten years ago, right? Perhaps, um, um, but one one of them was being like in a um more wait, what's it called a um <laughs> sorry I'm having Red Bull um <sighs> like a graveyard but like mm-hmm. the the building. Like a mausoleum. That. Yeah. Um, and like the power went out and like defrosted and shit. Interesting. It's pretty funny. They were squitchy. I bet they were spongy. <laughs> Rigor Morris. <coughs> um. Oh no, now I've got the hiccups. Would you clone your dog? I wouldn't not clone my dog. Would you? I don't know. There's no guarantee that it'll look identical. And, like, behavioural-wise, it's probably going to be very different. Mm. So then is it really your dog? No. Well, basically just like a child of your dog if it's not even doesn't – 
if it doesn't even look the same. Mm. <coughs> Which I wouldn't have because. What do you, do you really have nothing? No, I have absolutely nothing. Honestly, I genuinely, I was even more of a black hole than normal over the two weeks. And this last week I just haven't really been on social media. So Interesting. Did it come out of cryostasis while I was away? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Um, <laughs> what if I like hit a body? I think I would know by now. Would you? Yes. Yes. <coughs> Can you stop coveting everywhere? Anyway, I got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> you know, if Walt, Walt Disney does come back but, from the dead, yeah, the population will be eight billion. And- well, I mean, only if he came back at a really specific time. Will you have kids? <laughs> I don't. I'm just thinking of a growing po- <laughs> population. <Jesus. laughs> um, that one really came out of nowhere. I don't know. I'm just gonna look, see what happens. <laughs> I'm not gonna fair. like accidentally get someone pregnant. I mean, that's. Monkeypox, though, could get that. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Here's a fun one. Okay. Some um, <laughs> Joss Whedon's original Avengers Ugh. script, like, leaked. Did it? Wow, was it really bad? Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> Fuck off! I can't stop! <laughs> um, yeah, it leaked, and um, some snippets. Mm-hmm. They're very funny. Okay. Because they're very sexist. Oh, God. Not that sexism's funny. <laughs> but it is but when it comes from Joss Whedon. Yeah, so... Um, oh. So, Agent Phil Coulson. Oh, God. Walking out of the helicopter is S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Stop Maria it. Hill. Sexy, fierce, and determined. Following her, S.H.I.E.L.D. Director Nick Fury climbs out. Hill and Fury approach Agent Coulson. The fact... That she's described as sexy and... Literally stuff. as the first descriptor. And then Nick Fury is just there. <laughs> iconic, dare I say. It is Come pretty on. iconic. Stop it. Out in the outskirts near a railroad, a still-in-construction building is being occupied by Georgi Luchkov, a large Russian general, along with his thugs. Tall thug is in the middle of brutally beating on Natasha Romanoff. A slewing, foxy, unbelievably sexy spy. Jesus. He backwards Natasha's he back backhands. backhands Natasha's face. She feels the pain but does not break down. Luchkov, smiling, walks up to her. There's a lot to unpack there. One is the descriptors and two is What the, the fuck does the- a slewing He immediately resorts to torturing female characters. I literally. Um okay, this one starts with a gigantic in capitals. Grenade! The grenade goes off, sending her down the steps. Fury fires a shot at the open entrance. He moves over behind the side of the entrance. A handful of Barton's men enter, watchful, ready, waiting. Fury steps out, his gun drawn. <laughs> a this shootout like a hand-to-hand ensues, but Fury is unable to stop one of them, which is why he is shot in the head by Agent Hill, who looks hot and sexy holding her gun. I am it's written like a two-year-old. So confused about everything that just happened. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, but I was thinking, like, why don't why don't we make it sexist against men instead? Okay. So, like, this sounds like a really fun activity. I mean, if I wrote it, I would have been good. I mean, is that too much to ask, Joss Whedon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's actually very reasonable. I think 
that's reasonable. Request, considering that in Avengers 2 we got like a face plant into Natasha's boobs just like as the first thing that comes Imagine to mind. Imagine how that's written. I don't want to at all. It's really wild. <sighs> that whole romance, ugh, horrific, terrible. Anyway, watch She-Hulk for clear skin. Mm. It's really, really good. And if, mm. if for no other reason to watch She-Hulk... You should be watching it because it's being like reviewed bombed by um, sexist men and incels who just hate the fact that it's got a female in it. I don't. Oh, these people need. I have some. Yeah. What? Oh, I was disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, watch She Hulk because it's getting review bombed and it's actually very, very good. Tatiana Maslanik is away. Um, and that's that on that. So. Should we keep? By the way, yeah, it, it is genuinely good. <laughs> it's also only half an hour, and I think it's also probably the most accessible to like um, casual viewers, right? Because while it references a lot of Avengers and shit, it um is written as a TV show, not as a movie split into six short segments, right? Well, um, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in it, isn't he? I feel like I've seen him in the trailers. He's in the whole first. Back. Um, yeah, I would say not since One Division has one of these Marvel Disney Plus shows been. Written as a show, yeah, in an episodic format, yeah, yeah. So, with She-Hulk being like that, I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for the ride. When did One Division come out? Was that last year or 2020? January 2021. Fuck. January so 15. Long ago. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> um, should we keep talking about sexism? Okay. <laughs> um, so House of the Dragon comes out. What's today? Sunday? Tomorrow? Yeah. Um, but anyway, a bunch of networks Horrific. around the world have been like putting on premieres and previews of the first episode for their staff and shit. Right. And, like, critics and all that. Yeah. Um, and Foxtel here in Australia. Mm-hmm. In Australia, it airs on Showtime. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Showtime. Fox, oh, Fox Showcase, I think it's called now. Mm-hmm. Not important, <laughs> but the CEO of Foxtel mm-hmm. basically was at the, f- the premiere screening. Um, okay. And he got up to do a speech to all of the guests, the journalists okay. and reviewers and stuff and famous celebrities that were there. Um, is this still continuing the talk of sexism? Is, yes. is that why this is related? And okay. um, his name is Foxtel CEO Patrick Delaney. Interesting. Weird full name, isn't it? I um, really feel like that has main character energy and I don't like that. Patrick Delaney. Yeah, that name. Um, <laughs> and basically... Delaney was describing how he was late to begin watching Game of Thrones. Oh, in no. In which Clark, Emilia Clark. Mm-hmm. They use a character named Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, thank you. And for this exact me know. quote in the middle of his speech, and I quote: "Is this going to be something about Amelia Clark's tits or something?" Kinda. Oh, um, God. Exact quote is: "I was like, what's this show with the short dumpy girl walking into the fire?" <laughs> the CEO's attempt at a joke, however, landed with a thud among the knights' attendants. It felt like he was expecting us to laugh along, but people in the room were obviously shocked by it. Uh, and then Travis Johnson, who's a film critic on Twitter, tweeted, um, yeah, I was there for this and turned to my mate for clarification as I simply didn't believe someone would say that on mic. Um, what the f- Yeah, fuck? truly he had to full on, like, they released a statement which with a reasoning and, like, an excuse um, and, like, a half apology. Yes, they did. And, okay, I'm going to read out the apology, the, the statement, because it doesn't, for me, not satisfactory. Um, the aim was to convey that for him, Game of Thrones was something very different for te- television in 2011. 
uh, and that Amelia Clark went from relatively unknown to one of the most recognized and most beloved actors mm. in television and film. Mm-hmm. On I'm behalf sure. of Mr. Delaney, the Foxtel Group apologizes if his remarks if his remarks were misunderstood and caused any offense. One, that's a housewife's apology. <laughs> I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's just, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Mm. Or it's just, I'm sorry I did something to hurt you. Um, and also, I still don't, I don't understand why you know, it him talking sense. about the fact that Game of Thrones changed television and that Amelia Clark went from an unknown to a massive That's celeb. That's horrific. I don't understand how that means, like, a dumpy, uh, a, a short, short dumpy girl... girl. That's <laughs> that. Oh my god, that's horrific! Like I don't get it. That's horrific. That's horrific. Do you know sometimes you're like lulled into like a false sense of thinking? Oh, you know, people aren't that bad. Men aren't that bad. They say some stupid things sometimes, <laughs> but deep down they're good. And then they say shit like that, and you're like, oh god, they're actually. Awful people. They're just bad people. And that's on on Patrick Delaney, CEO of Foxtel Group. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No. Jesus. Yeah. Where's a toilet? There is no toilet flush. Would you viewers Devastating listeners on um like to know that months ago I said, Maddie, if I sent you the audio of the Hannah Montana transition noise, would you add it to the soundboard for people to use in their podcast? Mm-hmm. And she said, Of course. So mm-hmm. I sent it to her. I don't think you did. I did. We can fucking go through the messages. Um, and she never did. Well, I don't feel like I got it. I think I should add a toilet one too. Hannah Montana and a toilet one. Good. Did you see that um, this week the casting director for Hannah Montana uh, released the original um, finalist, list of finalists who were going to play Miley? Interesting. And Why? I guess Hannah Montana. Uh, uh, I think it's anniversary or something. Oh. Anyway, um, it was... Daniela Monet from Victoria. Whack. It was Miley and was another person. <laughs> oh, I cannot remember at this time. I'm about to find out. Um, Hannah Montana cast. I couldn't imagine. Okay. It was. Her name is Lisa, L- Lisa London is the casting director. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Okay. Oh, Taylor Momsen. Do you know Taylor Mons- Momsen? She played Cindy Lou Who in The Grinch. Uh, and then she was a main character in Gossip Girl in 2009. I yeah. love The Grinch. So Taylor Momsen, Miley Cyrus, and Daniela Monet. Whack. Yeah. Pretty wild, hey? That is wild. Intriguing. <sighs> Glad oh, it was Miley. Same. She did a fucking fantastic job. Should we keep talking about sexism? Um, do you have more things to do with it? Kind of. I think I could set, like, leave I mean, it together. Yeah, like if we've got things that relate to it, like thematically. Then, I have yeah. like multiple things I could thread back to sexism in this. Okay. How iconic of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember where we hit 7 billion people? Because I do. It was quite recently. It was like within the last 10 years. Really? So how many people had to have kids? A billion. Well, surely a lot less than that. Why? I I saw the other day there's a raid there's a podcaster guy in Australia who has six kids, fucking um yeah. Dominic Perrette. Oh my god! From New South Wales like has like nine 17 kids. Seventeen million, yeah. Because he's a Christian and doesn't he's like a hardcore Christian and doesn't believe in contraception. Horrific. So like instead of just slapping on a condom, he's littered the world with he's his absolutely 
filling his wife up. <laughs> That's disgusting. Fully believe the seven times they've had sex is the seven times they've um had children. Had children. <laughs> Conceived, perhaps. Um, anyway, don't uh-huh. be don't be that kind of Christian. Maybe just don't be Christian. Mm. Um, no, okay. Did you see the Anglican Church is like splitting up here in Australia? They've That's so sad. Why are they breaking up? Well, because one I mean, half not, that was facetious. are super conservative, and I think it has to do with abortion or contraception, and they don't like them. And the other half are like, "You're fuck knuckles," and now they've broken up. So dumb. I feel like conservatives um, really miss <coughs> fundamental subtleties. They really to pretty much every God. topic and every argument. Accurate. But specifically with abortion, it's like no one likes abortion. It's really true. People that are pro-choice still don't like abortion. No, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. Especially it's if it's for the sake of. Yeah. The mother's well-being or mental health or anything. Mm. If they can't raise a child or care for a child, mm. get rid of the bunch of cells that... That's true. Anyway, let's... Then whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just infuriating. Yeah. In the words of Sashi Ronan, it's infuriating. <laughs> ever. Um, this is a bit of a different sexism. Okay. That's a vibe. Love some variety. So, uh, just in the last week, a movie called Buddies, Buddies, Buddies came out. Okay. Which is like a Gen Z slasher comedy. Interesting. What did it come out on? Theatres in America. Oh. <laughs> okay. Bold of you to assume it would go straight to streaming. <laughs> well, I hadn't heard of it and it's not out here, so. But basically the lead actor is um, Amanda Stanberg. Stanberg okay. from like yeah. Games and. Yeah, she's an uh, icon. The, the hate you give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's that um superhero one? Quiet. The quiet, quietest minds or something. <laughs> anyway, it stars Amanda. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And <laughs> there's this massive drama this week because oh god, um, it's got like pretty good reviews. Um, but anyway, uh, there's an, a, a reviewer for the New York Times. Mm. Let me make sure that's right. Yes, named Lena Wilson. Never a good. Song. Oh, okay. For full context, <sighs> Lena Wilson is a female, like identifies as she her. Uh-huh. Um, and is a lesbian. Uh huh. And is like. I don't know, in her twenties or thirties, whatever. It's like okay. within Young. our generation generally. And, yes. and Amanda is. Um basically is uh Lena Wilson went on Twitter and posted screenshots of a DM she received from Amanda Sternberg. Mm-hmm. And she went on TikTok and made a video about these DMs. So the tweet reads, uh, do you think she Instagram DM'd Alison Wilmore, Justin Chang, and Anthony Lane like this? Or and the image attached is a screenshot of her DMs. I'm assuming they're other, like, male uh, and straight reviewers. Basically, there's a message from Amandala. I'm so confused about this story, but keep going. Okay. There's a tweet from Lena Wilson. Uh-huh. Yeah. With, with the DM attached. Yeah. And the DM, what does At the DM point, say? presumably, the review that Lena gave was not stellar. Amandala, out of nowhere, not following each other or anything, uh sent her a DM and said, your review was great. Maybe if you had gotten your eyes off my tits, you could have watched the movie. And then she messaged back, hey, Amandala, generally a big fan of your work, but this sure is something. Really wishing you well in your career and life. Have a nice night. And then she tweeted again that said, always weird when the homophobia is coming from inside the house, but this is something. And then in Lena Wilson's TikTok, 
she basically says, by the way, Amanda Stenberg goes by she, her, and they, them mm. pronouns, so whatever Oh, works. okay. Um, but anyway, in Lena Wilson's TikTok, she basically says, um, I'm bringing awareness to this and to Amanda Stenberg sending me these DMs because she exercised her social powers to knock me down, a fellow queer person, because Amanda Stenberg is also mm. queer, by the way. I feel like I'm giving context as I go. You And you, I haven't read the review yet. <laughs> because immediately, general, like, the general population of the social medias was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of rude of Amandala to, you know, uh, send a DM like that when yeah. all Lena was doing was doing her job. Right. Base level, I understand that. Uh-huh. But the review, like, Amandala was right. Oh. So in the review, it's basically a bunch of stuff saying it's mediocre, and then it says, um, the only thing that really sets body, body, bodies, bodies, bodies apart is its place in the A24 hype machine, where it doubles as a 95-minute advertisement for Cleavage and Charlie XCX's latest single. So she does talk about the fact that Cleavage... Yeah. Right? That's unnecessary, no? Yeah. To say that it's a 95-minute advertisement for Cleavage is not necessary to the review. No. It- but mm. there's more... At this point, I read the review and I was like, that is kind of out of line for her to say that. Mm. But whatever, they both they both are kind of in the wrong. But then more I thought more I thought about it, I was like, isn't it kind of valid yeah. for people to critique like if, if Lena's able to critique Amandala's work, why can't Amandala critique her work? Yeah. Back, you know? It's really true. And actually in a private setting. In a private setting, which is also really I feel like there's something fishy going on with that because uh, in this TikTok, Lena Wilson showed the screenshots and was like, she's leveraging her social power to yeah. um, to hurt me and my career. And everyone's like, hold on a second. She didn't say anything. She DM'd you in private and you made it public. Yeah. You were leveraging your social power yeah. to funnel hate towards Amandala. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She could have just let all this be in private and it would have been nothing. So that's where things start to go fishy. And people are like, it gives me bad vibes that you're willing to like try and take down a, a, a young black queer yeah. woman um, over something that's objectively not. Anyway, the funniest part about the whole thing is that a bunch of reviewers, like fellow reviewers and journalists and stuff, <gasps> were like commenting, oh my God, I'm so sorry this happened oh to you. God, this stop. is so horrific. Things like this should never happen. Oh my God. It was like a bunch of tweets and stuff saying like, I can't believe there's, there's reviewers in the comments acting like Lena Wilson was hit by a bus. Literally. She received a strongly worded... DM. It wasn't even that strongly worded. No. Like... Okay, and then all of it is basically capped off by... Lena also tweeted... Um, anyway, it's all capped off by the fact that uh, Amandala then went on uh, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. made, like, a video statement, mm-hmm. and my respect level for her, like, skyrocketed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. She's so fucking funny. I'm gonna try and play. Okay. It's, like, four minutes, so I won't play at all. Okay. But it's deeply iconic. Hello. Good morning. Um, I just thought I would get out here really quickly because I'm receiving a lot of uh, (laughs) commentary on the internet for being a very naughty girl Um, and sending a DM that I thought was hilarious. Uh, But basically, there's this film critic. Her name is Lena Wilson, and she writes the New York Times. And she wrote a criticism of a movie that I just had come out called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, and she described in her review uh, the movie as a 95-minute advertisement for cleavage. Um, 
which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm proud that uh, that that a piece of work that I was part of uh, was described as such in in such a renowned publication. That is a really unique experience that I get to have. Anyways, um, I DM'd Lena, and I said, <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, I said, great review. Maybe if you had got your eyes off my tits, you could have watched the movie. <laughs> All right, okay, listen. I I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. I thought because. Lena is gay. I am also gay. I thought that as gay people, we would both find this comment funny. I was also curious to know what Lena would say to such a statement, but Lena decided to publish it and uh, also says that I am homophobic for saying that. The intention of why I said that, and this is look, this is my experience as an actress. It's quite surprising I mean it shouldn't be surprising I guess at this point but the amount of commentary that I receive on my boobs is so extreme uh and this has happened since I was a teenager I could literally be wearing a t-shirt and just because of the size of my boobs um there will be some sort of sexualization or commentary on my chest uh in this movie I'm wearing a tank top uh and I know that when I'm wearing a tank top, the result is there's going to be some cleavage because I have boobs. So I knew that this this comment was probably mostly directed towards me. And I think that Lena was trying to make a commentary about A24 sexualizing me, sexualizing my body, um, you know, exploiting young women um, in order to sensationalize them, to, to make their media more popular which uh, I understand the angle. I, I can tell you that the, I wore this tank top in this, in this movie because me and the costume designer thought that it fit the character well. Um, and so, you know, I do get tired of people talking about my chest. It, it seems to be in Hollywood, it's not normalized to, to have boobs that are above an A or a B cup. Like, I, I, I've actually noticed this in my time as an actress. Um, and so there seems to be a lot of unwarranted conversation around my chest that just kind of baffles me. Anyways, Lena, um, I thought your review was hilarious. I thought my DM was funny. <laughs> uh, I did not mean to harass you, do not wish you any harm. You are allowed to have your criticisms on my work, and I'm allowed to have my criticisms of your work, and that is a-okay with me, um, and I wish you th the best. Anyways, um, thank you guys. Thank any Thanks to anyone who has gone to see our 95-minute uh, advertisement for Cleveland. <laughs> Iconic. I mean... <clears throat> I, I ended up playing pretty much the whole thing because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty iconic. It is pretty iconic. And not only does she make light of it in a very real way, mm -hmm. she also like made hashtag points. Oh, she did. You know? Absolutely. I think I, yeah, I want Amanda's side. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Also, think, yeah. 
Lena Wilson has now made her Twitter private, turned off all comments on Instagram and turned off all comments on TikTok. And I'm like, if you're the one in an argument who has to turn off their comments, maybe you need to do some soul searching. Accurate. You know? Yeah. Anyway, Mm. that's probably my favorite news of the week because it's so dumb. It is dumb. It's gay on gay violence. (laughs) Your favorite. My favorite. (laughs) Um, I don't have too much else. I should have said before, Jurassic Park is the Jurassic World Dominion. They've released a cut of the movie that's 15 minutes longer. No. And it's like, Mary, the whole problem with it was that it was too long. What do you mean? Released it where? Uh, Back in cinemas briefly and on digital. Ooh. Yeah, right? I mean, do I want the extended version? Yes. Oh, my God. You're the problem. I am the problem. (sighs) Do I think that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen? Also, yes. Yeah. That's it. At least the first half is. Yeah. See, this is the problem. I really hate when movies have, like, one half that's really good and one half that's really bad because then I'm like, oh, no, I enjoyed the good half so much. Yeah. I have to endure the bad part. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Unfortunate. Um, okay, I have more. By the way, I've been experimenting with um, truncating effects on um, Audacity. Okay. To remove silences and stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping that like is good for the viewers <laughs> and the audio <laughs> listeners because we we you know we we do pause to think about what we're gonna say. We do, which isn't necessarily like a great uh, trait for an audio medium to have. Do you think? I feel like it's nice to give your ears a break. <laughs> well, I think it shows that we, we actually put thought into things. Well, that too. but And that we're not reckless with our hot takes. Accurate. Which are quite often lukewarm takes. <laughs> um, and we quite often are reckless anyway. And we're reckless anyway. That's also true. Um, so I'm experimenting with that. And I think on the last episode I released, I used it fully. Mm-hmm. And I think it went well. But um, Okay. We'll see. Well, that's just an update for you, editing-wise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I have more. There's there's one thing here that's not really fun to talk about, but I do think it was a pretty vital pop culture moment that happened in the past few weeks. Okay. Um, and that is Ezra Miller. Oh. Um, so basically more stuff went down. Ezra Miller was literally, like, meant to be um, arrested to be questioned about uh, a mother and children that mm. they are, um, like, harboring, hiding mm. from um, the children's father mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So Ezra Miller's in trouble globally. <laughs> where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? But it's like, where in the world is Ezra Miller going to commit a crime next? <laughs> um, but uh, it came out, oh, no. essentially, that in between these these... Incidences. Crime sprees. Crime sprees, allegedly. Um, Warner Brothers actually got Ezra Miller back in the studio to film additional scenes for The Flash coming out next year. And when that came out, everyone was like... as in while he was, like, still wanted? In between these. So, like, like, he was actively... After the Wyoming stuff. Wow. Literally in between instances where Ezra, who uses he, he, him, and they, they, they... I thought it was just they, them. We'll just keep using them. Anyway, um, in between those things, which is a choice. Mm. Um, so basically I think they were kind of forced to um, make some decisions and it was leaked 
that there was three paths going forward for the for the film. They either scrap it completely, which is a waste of over three hundred million dollars. Um, they get Ezra Miller to release a statement explaining their behavior, um, and committing to getting help, and then limiting his uh, press mm-hmm. marketing next year when the film's coming out. Um, or three, releasing the movie as planned, but scrapping Ezra Miller from any publicity, any marketing at all, mm-hmm. and just having the supporting cast do it all. Um, it seems they've gone with option number two, because in the past week, Ezra Miller's team released a statement. That's allegedly from Ezra. And it says, Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed Jesus. and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. This is also keeping in mind that the first reports of erratic behavior like this began to came out, I think, almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. So Ezra was like filming a movie, was on holiday or something in like Iceland or something, mm-hmm. um, and like literally a fan asked for a photo. And Ezra got mad and choked her, like physically choked her. Jesus. Um, and that was the first report. And it's like, if this intense so personal... So was that pre-filming? That was pre-filming of The Flash in. Yeah. yeah. But then it's only in the past six months that it's gotten... Yeah, really. Really bad with, from Hawaii onwards. Yeah. Um, and, oh yeah, and, and, and they blame, perhaps blame isn't the correct word, they explain that there was an intense personal crisis that I think they're implying triggered something mm-hmm. for, for them to go down this mm-hmm. kind of wormhole of destructive behaviour. Um, but then my question is then, if this behaviour has technically been happening for three years and this intense personal crisis only happened mm. nine months ago, mm-hmm. what explains? What's the yeah. I think the other th- – oh, God. I don't – so oh, so was that statement released on, like, Ezra's, Ezra, Ezra's behalf? Like, on his, like, social, their social media, sorry, or, like, out just out into the world on Warner Brothers or – To the publications. Right. To the press. I think that they – Which I feel like really implies – I don't think they have socials anymore. That it actually has not at all come from Ezra. I think that's a – Pretty fair. Probably a pretty safe bet. Which means... Which is a shame. There was reports that they did go through some really intense personal stuff. Yeah. Late last year. Um, but there's been no indication. But anyway, um, this whole thing Well, I f- is really tough. And I feel for anyone who's been hurt by Ezra, mm. I also feel for Ezra because clearly there is yeah. some um, complex mental health issues. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, not a fun topic, but I thought that was a, a kind of an important pop cultural moment that's happened recently. Um, and then the filming in between these. Oh my God, that's horrific. Is just proof that especially Warner Brothers at the moment is. Well, it really just highlights as Gross. this whole, yeah, as this whole like thing has, is just how exploitative, I don't know if that's a word, Warner Brothers are being. Warner Brothers of are Ezra fucking mess right now. Honestly. I don't know if you've been keeping up to it. No. While you were away, Warner Brothers started to... It makes me... I couldn't... Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Basically, some news has come out this week about Warner Brothers 
but before that there was other stuff but this week some news came out and it genuinely like has upset me mm. and as an like a creative person mm. made me really depressed like I literally couldn't sleep last night Aww. up to like 5am because I was like my heart was so broken for all these creatives I'll explain later but um while you were gone mm-hmm. I mean, let's go further back <laughs> Let's go further back. Okay. Last year news came out that Warner Brothers and Discovery Inc. or whatever it's called, the two companies were going to merge. Okay. Discovery has a streaming service called Discovery Plus. Do you mean Discovery is in like the Discovery Channel? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Discovery Plus, Discovery Channel stuff. Um, and basically Discovery Plus is a few dollars cheaper than all the other streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. But it's exclusively low-budget reality content. Right. So it's either low-budget documentaries uh, or, like, they have, at this point, I think they have almost 30 90-day fiancé spinoffs. Iconic. Stuff like that, you know, low-quality but high output. Right. So basically, Discovery and Warner Media were going to merge. Right. It happened earlier this year, and it's now Warner Discovery is the company. Okay. Original. Um. And do you mean some, you mean that's the name of the Discovery Company, or do you mean that's the name of Warner Brothers now? So the name of the new merged company, right. is Warner Discovery. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the person that they chose to become the CEO of the whole thing mm-hmm. is David Zaslav, who was the Discovery CEO. Ugh. Interesting. So from the get go, I can already tell you understand why that's yeah an issue. Warner Brothers is a company that's been around for almost 100 years, mm-hmm. creating big Hollywood productions and yeah. basically being a leader with Disney and Universal and yes, Fox absolutely. in the media industry. Uh-huh. They got rid of the guy who was running Warner Brothers. Crazy. Well, not crazy. And the Discovery CEO that's crazy. is now the CEO of the whole con- like Absolutely. That's a company. choice. Essentially, in this merger, they had inherited $3 billion worth of debt. Which wait, who's debt? Warner's. Warner's. Oof. This is not uncommon. Interesting. Three billion worth of debt. Yeah. Is essentially what every media company has. Yeah. Disney and Universal and Foxtel and uh, sorry Netflix That's insane. not Foxtel. All that. It's kind of just one of the things operating procedures. That's really that's really crazy. I feel like with the amount of profit they make, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, it's partly the profit could technically pay off a lot of it, but it's not. That's like a short-term thing, whereas long-term they would rather invest that money back into new projects to then make even more billions to then pay it off. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, um, so they have this guy who, in whose entire career has been making low-quality reality mm-hmm. content for the cheapest price possible mm-hmm. to pump out on a third-rate streaming mm-hmm. service called Discovery+. Plus. <laughs> Basically, the reason that they elected him as the CEO, the shareholders was because he vowed to close the gap of that $3 billion Right. As quickly as possible, basically. Um, and all that's done is fuck over both creatives and consumers, and I should explain why. Mm-hmm. In America, HBO Max is essentially, by consumers, considered the best streaming service content-wise. Right. So it has the best catalogue of content. Okay. Again, Warner Brothers, 100 years old, all that stuff. Uh, HBO Max is considered the best for... That stuff, mm-hmm. and also for new content. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the HBO originals same day. They've got the HBO Max originals are super high quality and not necessarily high output. Not cheap either. 
Um, David Zaslav has come in and essentially a month ago, almost, there was no news before this. And then a month ago, news broke, got leaked that David Zaslav had cancelled multiple movies that had already either were complete, like finished, Mm -hmm. edited, like finalised, or were closing near that. The biggest one is HBO Max was developing a Batgirl movie Mm -hmm. starring a Latino female lead Mm -hmm. as Batgirl. Uh, So it was a $90 million movie. Mm. It was apparently only like two months off being completely finalised. And in this merger, basically Discovery, Warner Discovery was given an out by the government, like legally it's already, it's like in the whatever, um, by a certain date since the official merger, they were able to write off Mm. content and write it off in taxes and get a sizable amount of what they invested back. Right. But Batgirl being a $90 million DC film. Yeah. Starring a woman of colour, starring Michael Keaton as Batman, uh, all this stuff, completely scrapped. And the creators and actors found out from the press, the two directors of it were in another country for one of their weddings. Oof. So literally like the day before the wedding day, Oof. they find out via the press that their $90 million passion project they've been labouring on for uh, two years is never going to see the lab day because under this law, this tax exemption, um, once it's been written off and they've received the money, it can never be profited on. They can never release yeah. it on streaming. They can never right. release anything to do with it that would make any money because right. then they would have to give all the money back even if it was like... Right. So essentially, they're going to be deleted, wiped out completely, never to be seen, despite the thousands of people that worked on it uh, wow. to make the movie. And it was that, the animated Scooby-Doo sequel, which was finished... Wow. Um, I can't remember what it was. So basically everyone was like, why are you doing this? One, to consumers. It doesn't make any sense. And two, why are you doing this to the creatives? Because you're just making a name for yourself as Warner Discovery, HBO Max, the company that if you sign a deal to make a movie with, they could scrap it. Mm. They could throw it out for tax reasons. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, money-wise, because, okay, sure, they're going to have to pay $90 million less in tax, but they were going to make profit on the movie. Well, there was rumours that it was going to release theatrically instead of on HBO Max to get that money back. But instead, he just decided to write it off on taxes because he's a fucking fool. Mm. And basically, this guy, David Zaslav, um, Mm. then had the shareholder meeting and was like, yeah, we're doing it for taxes, and then... It also expects some layoffs and stuff and content changes in the next couple months. Wow. I think beginning of last week, because Discovery Plus was so focused on reality TV, they laid off the entire unscripted team at HBO Max, which is like hundreds of people. Wow. They laid off every single one. Wow. um, In the reality team to make room for their reality people who make cheap stuff for cheap. Yeah. Essentially. But then... Okay, this is where I got, like, heartbreaking. Jesus. Essentially, uh, on, I think, Wednesday, news broke, it got leaked, that um, HBO Max was removing more than 30 titles from the streaming service that Warner Brothers owns. Warner owns. This is content that okay. Warner owns. Uh, all TV shows, a solid chunk of these TV shows were produced for HBO Max and are HBO Max originals, mm-hmm. meaning they are unable to be purchased or streamed anywhere else. At all. Ugh. So it's leaked and um, 
essentially they as of now like as of friday american time they've removed 30 different titles uh and the excuse they've given is that because of the merger they're changing content all the time and stuff which is not true it doesn't make any sense well you would think that the whole point of streaming and the whole um allure of streaming for consumers was that the back catalog of content yeah. was extensive yeah well, they also removed 200 sesame street episodes weird it's so it's just so weird because it actually doesn't what, like what I money is it costing explain. them to have it on there you want to know yeah this is why it's so fucked up essentially in hollywood because of the unions companies on streaming and broadcast tv and box office and whatever have to pay residuals to voice right. actors and directors yeah. and producers okay residuals are not much mm. uh the creator of one of, of like the Objectively, the biggest show to be cancelled, I think it was Infinity Train, which is a cartoon network. Most of these were animated projects, by the way. Right. Um, So he basically said, in this entire year up until this point, I've made $300 off of residuals. Oh, my God. As the creator of the show Mm. and voice actor of one of the uh, characters. So then people are kind of estimating. It's not like they're paying much. They're saving a few million. If that. By fucking over all these creatives. Removing their work entirely from the internet. Yeah. To save a few million dollars to make a dent out of a $3 billion debt. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because, as you say, all, like, it's, like, uh, no, it doesn't make any sense. I'm just wording it really poorly because I'm, like, upset by the fact that thousands of people spent, like, uh, there's one show called Summer Camp Island, which they've spent two years creating Mm -hmm. 20 episodes of 20-minute animated episodes for mm-hmm. the final season of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's a HBO Max original, can't be found anywhere else. And it's just been erased. I mean, that's definitely, like, it's definitely not nice. Like, it's like not, no, that's not, absolutely not good. But what creators but are going to want to work with them? But, yeah, even if you think about it from a business perspective, like, it genuinely... Like, putting aside the empathy for the creators, et cetera, it just doesn't make any sense. They're not actually saving any money. They're making the consumers angry. They're basically, like, blacklisting themselves in terms of creatives. There's literally no net, like, for them. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple of scripted shows that have been removed as well, like Generation, which I've talked about on this podcast, I think, Mm. a year ago when it came out. Um, It's, again, led by a person of colour, and it's... Yeah. Focused a lot on the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, so even optics-wise, why are the PR people letting David Zaslav do this? No, it doesn't make it. They're like, genuinely. Majority person of colour-led yeah. projects. They are cancelling projects. Like this, for Summer Camp Island especially, they had completed the final season. Well, see, this is the other thing. Is this It was like, done. Y- yeah. And they can't do it for tax write-offs. To the extent that they did for Batgirl, because that's the date has passed yeah. for that. So these tax write-offs, even if they do go for the tax write-offs, they can never have it stream anywhere ever again. That's crazy. And um, they would only be getting a very small portion back because, again, the date had passed for this deal. Um, which is why people can pretty comfortably say it's exclusively to be not paying residuals to the creators. Yeah. And the voice actors, essentially, uh, and actors. Um which, if you were going to, like, why would you work with them as a creator? Yeah, why would, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. I, it yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm just so baffled by the whole thing, and I feel oh, absolutely d- genuinely reading all the tweets by the writers and yeah. the animators and stuff. I'm, I'm so heartbroken. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just really fucked up and really, really sad. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like and and to rub it in, they they fully for Infinity Train and stuff like that, which is again a huge show. Um, they literally went through all of the social media for the part. It's been out since I think. Um. And they went through social media all the way till back then and deleted every post referencing or referring to or acknowledging these shows, OKKO and Infinity Train and stuff. They wiped all of the videos from the YouTube channels. Wow. Anything off Facebook, like literally wiped it from social media. Wow. And then deleted it from HBO Max. Wow. That's crazy. And people are rightfully pointing out that even if you purchase something on iTunes, you don't own it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a digital license there that the production company, the distributor can revoke at any time and say, mm. oh, by the way, we're taking a tax write-off on this, so we're deleting this show from yeah, your, from wow. the, that you purchased. We're mm. deleting it from your library, wow. even if it's downloaded. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Wow. And then also Warner Brothers is, like, refusing to release any of these on physical media, like DVDs. So, like... <sighs> yeah, they're just... They're genuinely, like, gone. I feel like they're just digging a hole and fucking over creators and fucking over... Consumers. I would really like to see what the reasoning was behind this. Like, I would really like to see what he used, what, like, methodology, what rationale he used to make these decisions. Because well, I genuinely cut, cannot see. So he cut, um, from HBO Max, he cut the entire reality department, unscripted department, and the entire um, kids and family department. So all of the sitcoms that wow. were family-friendly yeah, cancelled. Wow. All of the movies that were family friendly cancelled. All of the wow. shows cancelled, um, and a lot of that included obviously animation for family friendly. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the animators are making a point to say that it's especially fucked up that he's doing this now. Yeah. When over twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, the yeah. entertainment industry relied almost exclusively on animation because yeah. of COVID. Yes. Yeah. So they went from being essential, highly so- essential, yeah, to being erased. Yeah, pretending they haven't existed. Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably delete a lot of this conversation because I'm going around in circles. But (laughs) it's just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that's pretty intense. I don't know. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't think there's any way. Analysts as well have been doing like full reports and saying it doesn't make sense. It's not going to save much. No, less than ten million or something like that. And it's like, yeah, this is not a one hundred million dollar movie tax write off. You know? (laughs) Yeah. This is yeah weird. It's so weird. And all because this guy has only ever produced low-quality high out. I don't like him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, I really hope that subscriber numbers and shareholder numbers start to reflect feels because when he announced they were cancelling Batgirl and Scooby-Doo mm. sequel, the shares went down. A solid amount, like the same amount that um, Netflix went down after <laughs> reporting their losses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whack. That's heartbreaking. I feel like a lot of the topics today have been really serious. Yeah. That's okay. I feel like we've had a lot to talk about. A lot of <laughs> stuff's <did>. happened. <laughs> it has. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a bit lighter now because we have a couple things to review quickly. Okay. Um, I want to tell you that the new Netflix show, The Sandman. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing a lot about it. Is very good. Okay. Um, that's all I have to say. It's very good. Okay. A couple of the episodes, episode five and six, are like, episode five, for those who have seen it, it's the diner episode. 
just like a masterclass in suspense. Love that. It's like the classic um, first suspense movie mm. where the, the whole genre relies on the fact method of showing the audience the bomb under the table. Yeah. Yeah. And having the two people play cards not yeah. knowing that the bomb's about to go off under yeah. the table. That yeah. kind of suspense. It's like a masterclass in that. And then episode six is just like. <laughs> I do want to watch it. Apparently, yeah, I've been seeing a lot online that are about it. It's read as R18+. plus. Whack. Are there any titties? No. Peenies? No. The JJs? No. <laughs> is it gruesome? There's pretty much no nudity. There's oh. like strategically placed limbs and stuff to hide nudity in the first episode oh. because the plot of the episode is that a god gets trapped, essentially. Okay. Um, and it's not even that gory either. So I'm like, Weird. Why is Have you watched all of it now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's a quick, it's a pretty quick watch. Um, something else is R18 Plus that I watched. That didn't make sense. Uh, Day Shift. What's that? Um, there's a new movie on Netflix called Day Shift. It's an action comedy mm-hmm. about a, a vampire hunter in Los Angeles, played by Jamie Foxx. It's basically like a whole commodity thing. Is these um, underground hunters kill the vampires in the underground scene to steal their bangs to sell on the black market? Ooh. Um, it's again. It's like <laughs> Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco and stuff. It's an action comedy mm-hmm. through and through. It's actually pretty good. Definitely light on plot, but it's it's good. Um, <laughs> I watched it and it was good. And it was R18 plus and I watched it. There was like some swear words. Whack. Weird. And a little bit of gore. Going heavy on the R18s. But then the movie we watched last night was rated M. And there was like 10 F words. That was and a bunch of gore. M. It was only M. Wow. Australia's a lot more lax with swear words. In America, they can have one really swear gory. word for a PG-13 slash M-rated movie. Uh-huh. In Australia, it's like, Bluey can say fuck. <laughs> you know. Iconic. Did you see Disney censored an episode of Bluey? No. Because it was about fluffying. It was about farting. Iconic. And Disney fucking censored it in America. Whack. Yeah. And then they've got, they got a bunch of backlash. Of them yeah. Reversing the decision. Anyway. So those are two things I've watched. Um, the Sandman. Day Shift, both pretty good, worth the watch. Um, I've also watched <gasps> A League of Their Own is like a TV take on the 90s film. Uh-huh. Um, but gay. Okay. <laughs> so it was about a, a women's baseball team in the 40s. Love it. Because um, the men were all at war. They basically allowed women to play sports so that people had something to watch. Um, That's how they all got jobs too. Exactly. And it follows... Um, a young queer black woman and a young married queer woman who's married to a guy who's mm-hmm. off at war. It's very gay, but like palatable gay <laughs> straights, you know. Anyway, it's just really, really good. It's like a it's like a light drama. Yeah, comedy ish. Okay, very worth the watch. Very good, easy to watch. Eight episodes on Amazon. Cute. Um. Yeah, I think She Hulk. <sighs> yep, that's it. Okay, so we can't review. Not okay yet. Well, we can kind of review it. No, because I think the ending has a lot okay. to do with But we have two other films to review quickly. Yes, we do. Very quickly. We'll do a flyby. Last night. to start with. We will, let's go chronological order. Okay. Last night we watched Nope. Which is Jordan Peele's new movie. Yes. It is a, I guess, sci-fi horror. Thriller. Thriller. Can't, not action-y. really a mystery. Yeah, more action-y. Film. With some Western elements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, spoilers. Yes. So, the movie itself is about 
uh, two siblings and I guess a friend who are <laughs> trying to capture uh, evidence of a UFO mm-hmm. that seems to be hanging around their California valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like they're an extensive land and it's like pretty exclusively in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, bare bone, yeah, bare bones, it's about them trying to capture a UFO on video to yeah. sell, to save uh, their horse training company that mm-hmm. their dad owned, um, which provides trained horses for Hollywood films and ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a bit more into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. I would say that much like Jordan Peele's other films, uh, Nope relies on thematic elements just as much as it relies on plot mm-hmm. and visuals and stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. Like he he always has to have a message in his movies. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think I saw an interview with him where he said um, with Nope he wanted to make like a big Hollywood action movie blockbuster that still had thematic mm. themes that would like resonate and that had a had a an yeah. emotional story to tell. Right. And I think he achieved that. I would agree. Um basically, again, spoilers. Mm-hmm. The deeper plot is that they discover that this this UFO mm-hmm. is actually itself an alien. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's territorial and a predator and it's hungry. <laughs> he wants to eat. He likes to eat horses. <laughs> um and humans. Fun. Just as an aside, when he gets yeah. super hungry. So when the movie starts, it's it's all kicked off by the fact that um Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya's character's father mm-hmm. is killed by a coin mm-hmm. falling from the sky. You know yes. how you always hear those stories as a teen yeah. and like a kid, or it's like yeah. um in my in my primary school we had this block mm-hmm. that was three levels high. Like there's three stories, and then there was a um kind of below ground bit, so four stories, I guess. And basically, you would walk underneath the whole block, and every now and then, some dickhead kid would drop something from the top. Right. And there was always that teacher who would be like, "Don't do that. You know, if you drop a coin, the velocity it co- collects as it goes down will have enough force to like be the equivalent of shooting someone in the head." Mm-hmm. That's what this movie starts off with, <laughs> is the real life version of that. Um, so a, a coin falls from the sky and like chops open the dad's head, yeah. kills him. Yes. It's really quite violent. And then there's like 30 minutes of a bit of clunky <laughs> setup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in which yeah. they establish a few things. They establish that the family's company, the Haywood. Horse. Hollywood, Hollywood Horses. Ha- ha- Hollywood Haywood. Haywood Hollywood Horses. Haywood Hollywood Horses. Something. What a great name for a company. Anyway. <laughs> they established that this company uh, has roots, ties to um, the first two-second moving image. Which feels unnecessary. In history. Um, now I'm thinking about it. I disagree. No, I'm sure it was necessary. I, but okay, so, yes. It was like character-wise. This family has ties to the first two-second video filmed. Do you feel like that had anything to do with the main plot? I'm unsure why you're sharing it. I do. Oh, okay. I do think it has something to do with the main plot. They have this tie to it. Um, and essentially, a good point of it is that in real life, the first two seconds of film ever recorded is of a black man riding a horse. Mm-hmm. But to this day, in real life, no one knows who the black man is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
essentially saying this person was an integral part of history and Hollywood history and pop culture history and because he was not like a white person he's he's lost to the ages you know he's mm-hmm. he made this impact but no one remembers his name he has no legacy mm-hmm. and the reason i think this ties to it is because of the extreme lengths they go to to try and capture footage of this alien interesting i think it ties back to them not wanting to suffer the same fate right of leaving nothing behind okay intriguing they want to make a print in history right and to have a legacy to leave behind which is why they always push that extra step and because it's part of their family history it adds like a level of emotional Mm. commitment right that's what i think okay that makes sense i did read an interview with jordan peele where he said that um his entire what's the word for like uh impetus impetus yeah I think it's impetus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His impetus for the film was um, spectacle. Right. Spectacle and stuff like that. Uh, Interesting. He gave the example yeah, of okay. when there's a car crash, the traffic always slows down because yeah. everyone's trying to sticky beak and see yeah. what tragic things happened. Yeah. Uh, and he was trying to kind of examine human interest in spectacle. Interesting. Interesting. Horrific or non-horrific. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that, that ties the two themes together. Yeah, it does. One, Very much so. The spectacle of the wild animal made people overlook the fact that yeah. it was a wild, wild animal, animal, which then obviously ties to the alien and Ricky. Yeah. Um, which, spoiler alert, it backfires him, his entire family, and all of the audience is killed. Yeah. In very gruesome manner. Very much. Um, and then the other thematic story is the whole, the main characters trying to capture this thing on film. Yes. And create a legacy for themselves. Yes. And to capture the Oprah shot, the impossible shot of the alien. Yes. Um... And that being a part of the spectacle as well. Yes. Um, but I think Maddie and I both have the same opinion. I guess our review starts now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been tangenting. I will delete most of that. Um, our review, we both said that about 40 minutes in, yeah. the exposition stops. Yes. And for people who are going to go watch it, from the moment that uh, the... Um, I feel like it's from when they go and buy those camera. Oh, no. I know what you're going to say now. Is that before or after? Sure. The when the character of, a- character of Angel is introduced yeah. at, the, at the tech store, yeah. it starts to pick up. That's yeah, when the real does. story starts to happen yeah. is when you see the UFO for the first time. Yeah. Or Daniel Kaluuya's character does. Um, and the actual plot of the film, which is trying to capture evidence of a UFO, yeah. is the main plot of the movie. Yes. Um, that's when that kicks off. But there's a moment, there's a scene where um, OJ, Daniel Kaluuya's character, sees a light on in one of the barns yeah. and he goes to investigate. And... He may or may not see aliens, and it's like one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever witnessed. It was a lot in the moment. It's yeah. not actually that scary, but in the moment, yeah, I was like, well, I think the way that it kind of happened and like the noise, the noises that like, yeah, it's a great scene from that moment onwards. Yeah, it's very cohesive, and it does yes. almost transform into a classic action blockbuster sci-fi movie. I would agree with that. Um, Particularly, I think when you say it was really cohesive, like I think. From that moment on. Yeah, that's really very, very accurate. It yeah. takes them about 35, 40 minutes to get to the plot. Yeah. But once they are there, yeah. they nail it. Exactly. You yes. know? That's really, it's very true. Before that, it all just seems like very like, it's, all, it all, it's almost very much like a character study yeah. before that. Yeah. Which perhaps it could have balanced what better throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and It's also two hours and 20 minutes, I think. Was it that cut. long? Yeah. I thought it was really? two hours. And then when we watched it, it was two hours, 20 Really? So I do think they could have cut 10 or 15. That's so interesting. I honestly would have said it was only an hour and a half, so that's interesting. 
because from that point onwards, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, from that point onwards, two and a half hours. Wow, it's fucking awesome. I, I, I uh, compared the scene in the barn with these little alien men, mm. quote unquote aliens. Um, I compared that to for those who have seen Signs. The Mel Gibson, who, yes, is an anti-Semite and is a terrible, terrible human, but science is a good film. <laughs> um, there's a scene in that that has scared generations of people. It's not a super scary movie, but there's one moment in that, a visual. Yeah. There's a visual in it yeah. that um, haunts me to this day. <laughs> and I'm 24. <laughs> and it's when, it's when he's looking at the alien in the distance and then the second alien pops its head out. Oh, uh, yeah. Shit my scary. That is a bit scary. I got shivies right now. <laughs> Absolutely shitted myself. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, I've been going on about this movie and I think that's because I loved it so much because it's very much my niche, so I'm kind of biased. Alien no, it, movies are my thing. It was really good. I would say it's one of the better movies that I've seen this year. Mm. Like, it was it was very good. Lovely. I just feel like, yeah, I, 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 well, the two, my two biggest things we've already touched on, which were intro, intro was way too long, and also the monkey thing just didn't feel. And you thought it wrapped up too fast. Oh uh, well, I didn't. It wasn't that it wrapped up too fast. It was that it wrapped up too fast in comparison to how long it spent opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I, I, the more I think about that, the more I agree with you because I, uh, you mentioned I think last night that like. By the end of it, it answers all the big questions, but it yeah. leaves a lot to the imagination of the yeah. viewer on purpose, obviously. Um, but it does spend the first 40 minutes info dumping. Yeah. To then, at the end of the movie, not info dump, well appreciated because it doesn't need it. Mm. It did feel a little unbalanced. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's like, it's things that's like, okay, for example, right at the end, like Kiki Palmer is like trying to get the shot and as like after the, you know it kind of concludes um i'm trying to do this without spoilers <laughs> without like major Spoiler spoilers um like all of these like paparazzi people come up and i was like okay but like the alien is still falling from the sky are they not going to get their own pictures like is she going to be able to sell her pictures and make money from this like what's the like, did they get the right. shot did they you know so i'm like why do i not know that mm. Yeah. Compared to Sorry. knowing um, every little thing about that monkey scene, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and I I kind of made the point that <laughs> I've seen Jordan Peele's other films yes. and know that he likes to leave a lot to the imagination because mm. it's the classic um, whatever your imagination can come up with is more scary or more fulfilling yeah. Yeah. than anything that they can show. Yeah, and I know that because of his previous films. Yeah, you've not seen them. No, but I think you'd be more satisfied with them. Interesting. Um. Us and get out. Uh, what else? The only thing I hated about the movie mm-hmm. was the um, title cards throughout. I didn't need Axe breaking it up. It was that was it was an interesting choice. The movie we like watched today movie. did it as well. Um, well, no, that wasn't for Axe though. That was for characters and shit, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess. But I have a whole hate about that movie anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but I loved it. It was very much. Yeah, my, it was my very niche. good. It was good. Um, it was enjoyable. The aliens' final form terrifying guys it was really cool it's like a biblical angel yeah meets jellyfish meets <laughs> yeah classic uh, uh what's that movie um annihilation mm, like trippy yeah. visuals yeah um is truly just gorgeous design it was wild and also gorgeous to look at it was really wild 
Um, yeah, I don't know. 11 out of 10. I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, like I'd, I'd, I'll buy it. Yeah. When it's on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely buy it. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it might probably be one of my go-to like alien movies. I would probably agree with that. Because it's not like so, it's really good, but it's not difficult to watch. You know, like Arrival, for example, is really, really good, but you've yeah. got to be paying like a lot of attention to yeah. it. This is not like that. It's just really good and it's easy to watch as well. So yeah. for me, it would be up there with like War of the Worlds 2005. Yeah. Which I said last night. Yeah. Also, there was one particular scene, which Nick then brought up a comparison to War of the Worlds um, of when oh, that was so cool. the alien, like, I'm going to say like, shit all over the house. <laughs> yeah, it, like, regurgitates anything that it can't um, Yeah, eat. process. And it was... Which is essentially blood and metals and stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. That was an amazing scene. It was very, very good. Yeah, it was very good. Which, by the way, all of the actors did phenomenal. Yeah, oh my God, yes. All of the actors did um, amazing. And I also had time. to take note of the fact that Brandon Perea is in it, mm-hmm. who played Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a huge crush on him since he was in the OA, like, five years ago. Yeah. And seeing him in, in this... He did an iconic job. With, like, growing, grown out bleach blonde hair. <laughs> That's very much my exact vibe. <laughs> I was very into that. Yeah, he, he he did a good job. Everyone did a good job. Kiki Palmer also did a particularly good job. The fucking final scene with Kiki Palmer. Yeah. In fucking sane. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Agreed. Okay, next movie, Bullet Train. I have significantly less to say about Bullet Train. I mean, me too. It didn't really feel... I didn't really have a lot to say anyway, so... No. Okay, what, what, what... You they, tell, can you tell us what Bullet Train's about? Because okay, I went on a 30-minute tangent about what Nope is about. I know. Um, basically, a dude, Brad Pitt, goes on a train. He's some kind of, I don't know, man-for-hire, assassin-type dude. Mm-hmm. And he basically just go and has... He basically just has to go and retrieve a suitcase. He doesn't know why. He doesn't know who it belongs to. He doesn't know what's in it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he gets on the train to get the suitcase and it turns out there's this whole like – there are a whole bunch of other people on the train who kind of want the suitcase but they also mm. have all been put there, it turns out, for a Different reason. missions yeah. that all intersect. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then at the end, again, major spoiler alert, it turns out that they were all like bought – and told to be on the train because they all had something to do with, like, the main antagonist's wife's death, Yeah, basically. Okay, jumping into the actual meat and bones. Mm-hmm. My first note, you know this, Aaron Taylor-Johnson is one of my who all-time was, crushes. Which one was he? When I saw him on the title card, I was like, I don't know who he played. Are you serious? Yeah. Was he the uh, tangerine? He was tangerine. Okay. <laughs> actually drop cookie right now. <laughs> I never recognize him. I only ever recognize his name. He's one of the most gorgeous men. I genuinely, if I saw him on the street, I would not know. He's so beautiful. And he's so hot. <laughs> and he has a massive penis. Does he? Which I didn't know back when I delayed to crush when I was like 14. <laughs> yeah, he, you know how he's um, married to yes. Sam Taylor Johnson who directed Fifty Shades? Yes. She directed a movie like two years ago called A Million Little, a Million Little Pieces and mm-hmm. he has like that. Iconic. And I'm convinced it's just... Uh, Sam Taylor Johnson brag about the size of her husband's penis. <laughs> uh, that would be iconic if that's um, true. Anyway, mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson really snapped my neck. Yeah. Especially with that mustache. I think Joey King. My second note is Joey King for Prism. 
the accent was really bad. I mean, look, I don't really want to talk too much about her because she's one of those people. She and Lily James are my two people who I have just an irrational dislike for. There's absolutely no reason why I don't like them, but I just don't. And so it feels unfair to talk about them because I'm stupidly biased. I literally wrote... um I'm not trying to be bitchy for the sake of being <laughs> yeah. bitchy on a podcast and like having a hot take. Yeah. But I I, I, I can't that I've enjoyed. actively enjoyed her in. Yeah. Which like potentially is just because of the role. Like when exactly. I think about her as a person I and her existing on like social media, I have no problems. Her existing in entertainment and in media, don't like it. Yeah. And for I, no reason. But then I also think you're right in that it probably is the role she's taking um, because Lily James in what is it, the Pamela and Tommy one? Mm. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. I think called. It, that was pretty much yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, her playing Pamela Anderson, I I saw her in a new light. Yeah. And saw her talent in a new light. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden I, I'm excited to see what she does next kind of thing. Okay, interesting. So yeah. I'm optimistically and hopefully waiting for Joey King's role. Right, where that happens In which she changes my mind. It, that was not, this was not it. This was not it. No, it, in fact, I actually think she might have dug herself a deeper. And, yeah, it was not good. I don't. You know what I don't understand in in movies where uh, Americans play British people is why the linguistics coach on set doesn't pick up on things like, um, for example, in in Bullet Train, Joey King says "roof," mm-hmm. but instead of saying "roof," like a British or Australian person would say, mm. she says "roof." Mm. Like an American American person says, mm. she just says it in a British accent. Mm. So it's like. So half-assed. Yeah. It definitely was just she, very yeah. half-assed. She's like, I pushed your son from the roof. <laughs> when it would be, I pushed your son from the roof. Yeah. Maybe that's nitpicky, but I feel like... Well, I think you can... If a film costs 50 million, they can get someone to check. It's really, and really... And it can easily be dubbed over in ADR. Additionally, they could have just cast a British person, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I think as well, like when it's next to other genuinely good accents. I mean, what I don't know what accents those other two people had. But I think they're British. Well, I was going to say I would have thought that they were native British people because yeah. they were so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, other points about the movie. <clears throat> um, what Brad Pitt's <clears throat> character was weird. I didn't hate yeah, he it, didn't but have I didn't a whole like lot of it. substance. No, and, and he also wasn't really in it that that's much. That's why I was about to say, he didn't actually have that much screen time. No, like, like I thought he was the protagonist. Uh, yeah, but I, would I was say led was, to believe he was the lead. Yes, but, but it was much more of an ensemble cast, ensemble. ensemble movie, I should say. Very much so. Yeah, and Sandra Bullock saying, yeah. "I'll be in your movie if I only have to be on set for one day." <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> so literally iconic. a two-second cameo. I could have done without that. I don't think I needed it to be. So, like, if there had been more, if, like, honestly, if it had been 10 seconds longer, it would have been more iconic, but it was literally a two-second scene, so it was a bit like, what's Ryan Reynolds doing here? Yeah. Channing Tatum, his cameo was perfect. His cameo was good. His cameo was good. Like, a perfect time. Being horny for Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes. Which, which as we've established, I can relate to. Highly relatable, yeah. Um, He's bisexual in real life. There you go. Love that for him. Which is why it made me extra happy about the character because yeah. that's so cute. Anyway, um, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like Brad Pitt was the lead necessarily. No. Um, I have a question though, and okay. I'm myself, I'm not even sure what my opinion is. Right. Um, but don't you kind of think that a movie that yes uses so much Japanese culture mm-hmm. would have just been more effective if the lead was someone who's Japanese? 
This was my biggest criticism of the film before I went and saw it. I was like, I don't understand. Is this was this movie? I I don't know why, but for some reason, I was convinced that this movie was once a Japanese comic book. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Well, it does feel uh, to- tokeny and like um. Yeah. Well, so then I was like, why have they just made this main character white? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, what's the word? Um, exploitative, I guess, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Because there are Japanese characters. Well, I mean... But I th- they're just part of the ensemble as well. I think I would say that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I was pretty convinced that it was going to be extremely, like, unnecessary for any white people to be in it at all. Right. Um, and while that is still probably true, I think the story wasn't as much about, like, Japan and Japanese culture as I kind of thought it was going to be. If that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's literally about the Japanese mafia. I mean, yeah. Which and I still, I think is I... Is run by a white man played by Michael Shannon. That was unnecessary. Personally, I think it probably, the film should have been centered around, um, I don't know the character's name. The father is the character's name. Um, yeah. Him and his dad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, one, it would have had an emotional reason. Yeah. For the story to be taking place, um, and two, I think his motive. Well, I think you almost can take Brad Pitt out of the story entirely, and it would literally not change the plot. So true. Yeah, I don't know. And then also, the movie was like just under two hours long, and I, I genuinely thought it was two and a half hours. Like yeah, it felt it long. was really quite long. It was quite long. It felt long. <laughs> and I think that's because it tried to put on the illusion that it was fast paced with editing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, it wasn't. No, the end definitely dragged out a yeah. lot. So I, just as a, as an example, I ordered a pizza. <laughs> it didn't come. I went out and I was like, hey, I didn't get my pizza. And they were like, oh, my God, we'll get you. In, well, do you want it or do you want a refund? And I was like, well, how long is left in the movie? And they were like, oh, there's still an hour. I was like, I genuinely thought the movie was almost over. <laughs> but, yes, I'll still have my pizza. And it came and I ate it and there was still – like, what, 15, 20 minutes left mm. of the film before, after I finished. So that's just as an example of how long it felt. Yeah, very that. Um, I also, the, I mean, the train was a character in the movie. Yes. In that, I guess the, I, I'm assuming the original pitch was an entire movie set on a bullet train. Yeah. An action heist movie. Right. On a bullet train. Yeah. But then a quarter of the movie is flashbacks and cutaways yeah to things off the train and i'm like what if you want to make if make the train such an integral part of the story yeah stay on the train yeah i see i got really about at the third flashback in i got really pissed off by the flashbacks i was like i yeah. don't want this you know anymore i got i got annoyed when bad bunny's character the um his wife at the wedding died yeah same i got when it went to like 47 years earlier or something i was like no it literally this character who's on screen yeah. For maybe five minutes, most of which is a fight scene, and then he dies and is barely mentioned again. Yeah, that was so unnecessary. They literally flash back and make us follow his life from child yeah. to married person to... Uh, yeah. What's the male version? No, I think it's a widower. Widow? Anyway, widower. Yeah. It's like we didn't need any of the childhood story. We just needed to know that his wife died at the wedding by poison. Particularly because, as you say, he didn't come back up in the movie again. No, it's like it's not like his. He wasn't even a part of 
the Russian guy's plot. No, he wasn't. It was just, <laughs> it was just absolute coincidence that he ended up on the train. Um, and then he died basically immediately. And then the, he had no further. Mm. It's not like at any point they used his death or anything like that to make further inroads in the plot. He mm. just was dead. It's like, oh, just okay, dead. cool. Yeah. So we have some major gripes with it. I still would watch it again. I, I would. Will, I would say I, it's one that I would show to my family because it's entertaining uh, yeah. enough. Yeah. Um. I I also don't typically mind Brad Pitt. I feel like I should. I I feel like I should dislike him more than I do. But I I, I, I like Brad Pitt. I don't really have anything against him. Um. And I always I enjoy it when he's on screen. And I also something that I really enjoy is when men who have traditionally been cast in really quite macho roles, et cetera, play something a little mm-hmm. like more yeah. not I'm not not nuanced, but a bit more like self aware. Like, yeah, yeah. Like less toxic, you know. A bit more layered. Yes, perhaps. exactly. Yeah. And so like his major like really point for the whole film, like his whole like thing was he was like, everyone needs to go to therapy. Therapy's amazing. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of iconic. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with that in that majority of the characters um had enough of personality yeah. that it was charming yes yeah um, everyone was like none of them were the same as the others they were all quite unique yeah and which made them all engaging characters yes not engaging characters yeah entertaining characters yes yeah it's not like you um, ever saw charming. a character and you um, were like oh this is which the also same goes person. for him yes so and i also think that probably sums up my thoughts on the movie i think i was charmed by the movie because mm-hmm. it had enough going for it yeah but I also don't think it was anything Revolutionary. groundbreaking. No, yeah, I would agree. And I also have, I'm not Japanese, so I can't definitively say, but I have questions about its use of Japanese culture. Yes, I would agree with that too. To the extent that it does, I don't know. Yeah. But entertaining enough. Entertaining enough, I agree. We cut 15, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Would have been a lot more toit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's true. But we always have that complaint. Yeah, pretty much. So again, we're kind of biased in that respect. So we always want every movie to be <laughs> shorter, between ten and thirty minutes shorter. <laughs> I mean, some movies have more egregious, um, yeah, yeah, errors than others. This one, it was fine. Like, okay. I, I'm not gonna be like mad that it was two hours. Yeah, it there wasn't. Less. There wasn't even really. I see a huge amount of action for most of the movie. Yeah. Until the final act. Yeah. I feel like pretty much most well, of the action scenes happened in flashbacks and cutaways. Yeah. Because everything happening on the train was conversations. Yeah. And uh, Brad Pitt's action scenes, I will say, were pretty cool, generally. I will say that when that when the bullet train plowed off the other train, it felt like such a step up in terms of, like, the stakes and the action that I mm. was, like, shocked. <laughs> it did. It went from John Wick to... To Marvel movies, yeah, it really, really did. It was very, it was wild. My only other complaint about the movie was that a solid amount of the jokes didn't really land or overstay their welcome. That's really true. Like they really tried to weave that Thomas the Tank Engine shit. Oh my god, that was so. But it just didn't hit for me. Did it hit for you? Not really. I feel like it only like the only time where I really appreciated it being in there was when the brother had put the diesel sticker on Joey King, and yeah. I was like, "That's kind of cute." That's smart. That's it is smart, right? But aside from that, it was just kind of like, okay, we can stop talking about Thomas the Tank Engine now. Yeah. <laughs> I also literally 
This is actually so embarrassing to admit. It literally wasn't until they were Brad Pitt and what's his name were at the train and the dude was like, no, I don't know how to drive a train. And Brad Pitt was like, your whole thing is trains. I was like, oh, yeah. that's why they did that. <laughs> I didn't get it until yeah, then. Um, also, they could have erased Snake from the movie. Yeah. I don't think we needed that. I will say, for some absolutely unknown reason, the big teddy bear mascot thing, yeah. I have no idea why, so deeply hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it was on screen and they had like some kind of fight with it. I mean, it was genius, hiding in plain sight. Fucking funny. I mean, that too, but just in general, yeah. the teddy bear thing being on screen and all these grown men fighting it, hilarious. Yeah. Loved it. So overall, worth the watch. Yeah. Probably not in cinema. Like, you don't have to go to see it in cinema if you don't want to. But, like, like if you want to watch it, like, do. Make the time. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. Bless. Okay. Okay. It's been two hours. I genuinely... <sighs> this is irrelevant because it will have already happened, but I'm going to cut a solid amount of this. <laughs> okay. Just for your sake, for, to let you know, Maddie. Okay. Um, I will be cutting a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, we can now wrap up. Okay. Uh, do you have a what the fuck of the week? Uh. Uh, yeah. What is your what the fuck of the week? I've been away, as has been already established. See, and before I went away, my courtyard was really nice. My passion fruit was thriving. Now I am back and the fucking possums have eaten my passion fruit back to the stem again. And I'm unforgivable. Unforgivable. I'm so I'm so mad about it. Now it just looks fucking disgusting. It's just this like twig <laughs> tree just out there looking dead and sad. Iconic. Possums. Death to possums. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. We've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not remember Possum Killers Group or whatever it was called? Oh my god, literally. Yeah, me, possum at, the hunters? Be- me at the beginning of this pod. I can't go to zoos because I get sad about yeah. animal cruelty. Me at the end. Kill the fucking possums. <laughs> I'll do it with my bare hands. The human experience. Literally. Duality um, of man. The duality of man. <laughs> um, my what the fuck of the week this week mm-hmm. is going to be, oh, you know what? It's going to be where the crawdads sing. Okay. I finished the book. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy it. It's a very good book. Okay. I, I don't think the book itself is racist or its depiction of people of color is racist. Okay. Um, I think it's just set in the 40s and it's set from like the 20s to the 60s. Interesting. Um, in the South. Um, so I think the way that the people of color are treated in the book is like historically accurate. Right. Um, I just think a lot of young people don't really understand that a a character in a book set back then mm-hmm. being treated poorly. Mm-hmm. Like, depicting racism in a book mm-hmm. set in the 40s mm-hmm. is not racist. Mm-hmm. It's historically accurate. Right. And, like, highlights the fact and that And there that's... was nothing I don't think overtly racist either, so it's not like she was, like, glorifying it in a book. Right, yeah. Anyway, this isn't going to make sense to you at all because you haven't read it or seen the no. movie. By the way, I'm not seeing the movie because apparently it's just the book is very much about the lead character, right? And the movie apparently is just Nicholas Sparks like into the Notebook. Ugh. Um, so I'm not interested in that anymore. Um, but the book was very good. But I had some major gripes with it. My major gripe: um, the people who have read the book, a lot of the story is about Kaya um, being physically abused and and watching her mother and siblings be physically abused by the father, right? Um, and then the turning point of the book is an attempted rape scene. 
I, and for anyone else who read the book, I think that it would have been more thematically uh, resonant had the person who attacks Kaya just physically attacked her. I don't think there was any reason for it to be a sexual assault attempt. Mm. I think just physically grabbing her and stuff would have been enough. Mm. Um, But instead, for some reason, they always have to take it that one step farther and use sexual assault as a plot device when it doesn't need to be used. Yeah. Um, So that's my what the fuck of the week is kind of. Why do people do that? Media using sexual assault. Yeah. In that way. It's like a trauma. When it's not needed, especially in the context of this book in which it would have been more thematically relevant and emotionally resonant. Yeah. To have this character reflecting her father. Yeah. I really personally true. think so. I also, it the end of the book does, a, like an, it's kind of like an epilogue that like flashes through the next 50 years of her life up until Ugh, her death. Right. Very not into that. No, me either. Very not into any book that fast forwards through lives. I'm not into yeah. the How I Met Your Mother finale flashing through their yeah. lives every 10 years. Yeah. I think that's dumb and stupid and I hate seeing characters like that. And I think that the entire book is good and then the last three chapters turn into a melodrama. Yeah. And it's not good. The ending Ugh. sucks because it turns into an episode of Neighbours and the rest of the book is like a really good uh, examination of loneliness and and abandonment um, and its effect on this coming-of-age story of this girl and then it just resorts to like classic tropes Ugh. in the end, which is a bit heartbreaking. But the book itself is very good. I don't know. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> I'm feeling that from you, definitely. Yeah. Like it's worth the read. I'll be right. Okay, mm. what is your <laughs> social media handles? Um, well, if you want to follow the podcast, you can at WTFIH Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. If you want to follow me, you can on Twitter and TikTok at NIC underscore Sushi. Yes. All the links are down below. And what are yours? Lady, it's been so long since we've had to like I recite know. them that I'm – okay, yeah, what are yours? Lady Alice 101 on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube – I feel like that really sucks. Harness up. Creation on Instagram, Facebook. And TikTok. HarnessCreation.com. Online. Yes. If you're in Brisbane. Yes. Come book some sessions for recording. Yeet. Meet me in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fan experience. Let's dox you. <laughs> I kind of. Um, okay, cute. I'm excited to listen to this episode back cut down. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's going to be a good episode when I cut out all the. All the filler. <laughs> hey guys, the, and let's also yeah. hope the video is still recording. I know. I, I let's hope that next week's that. elephant in the room doesn't have to be. Whoops! That we didn't record half yeah. the episode. <laughs> um, okay. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I just also wanted to point out that I know we've seen it before, but how cool is the new recording space? Oh well, that's all. Also, happy good. birthday for Maddie for tomorrow. Oh, thanks. By the time this comes out, her birthday will have been yesterday. Yes. But currently, it's tomorrow. I will be a quarter of a century old. (laughs) Are you going to have like a quarter life crisis? I mean, it feels imminent. Definitely. So. I wonder if you can make a drag name out of that. Like M. Inant. M. Inant. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 